Hey, welcome to Reflection as a Service. This is Paul Merrill. Hi, I'm James Jeffers. And we're here to talk about entrepreneurship and software engineering. Tonight, we're going to focus on software engineering and specifically about testing. We have a great guest with us, Mike Lyles, and I'm going to introduce him in a couple seconds here. Um, but James, how's your week been? It was busy. Uh, I just went on a long trip with my son uh, to Indianapolis for a very large uh, c- game convention. And right before we left was when a huge project was due and it went live and I was sweating bullets. But apparently it went off like gangbusters against all odds. And so, <laughs> so that was a huge relief. And we just got back a couple of days ago and now I'm starting to get back into the rhythm because it's another looking ahead. It's like another month full of, of, of project work, which I guess is a good problem to have. These are good problems to have, I think. Yeah. I could tell you were a little stressed at the time. It was. <laughs> I mean, like it wasn't saying anything on, on Slack. I'm so busy. busy. I'll talk to you later. You couldn't even type. You're so busy. Got it. Well, look, before we get into this with Mike, um, and I'm really excited about the interview with Mike today, I wanted to mention when this releases in early September, we will be at one year of podcasting. It seems, I still don't believe it. Has it really, I can't believe it's been a year. It's been a year. It's been a year and it's been a year of growth and learning how podcasts work and, and figuring out how the equipment works and all that kind of stuff. It's been fun though. Did you set up the one year anniversary cruise? (laughs) <laughs> is that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were supposed Reflection to Reflection like, as a service cruise. I thought we were supposed to like eat the cake from the podcast wedding or something like that. After <laughs> Get it out of the freezer. On your anniversary. All right. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, like I mentioned, Mike Lyles is, is joining us tonight. Mike is a QE program manager with over 23 years of IT experience in multiple organizations, including multiple Fortune 50 companies. He has led teams in all departments within IT. However, his passion is with software testing. Mike is an international keynote speaker, is regularly published in testing magazines, and is currently the president of his Toastmasters club. Mike has a passion for leadership and coaching others. His upcoming leadership book, The Drive-Through is Not Always Faster, will be published later this year. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Paul and James. We're, we're really glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Um, you know, you and I go back uh, very, very short ways. <laughs> right. I, I, uh, I met you at Tisca in 2016, this past March, and um, we, you were speaking there and I was speaking there, and um, I think we had a quick conversation and you said you should really get involved in STP. Yes, definitely. Yeah. What were you speaking on there? I didn't. I didn't get to see you speak. Um, I was doing a visual testing workshop, uh, and, and it was it was something that I saw a long time back. I was watching the Brain Games. If you guys watch Brain Games, it's a very exciting show that I'm very hooked on, and, and I've been watching it for some time. And and I noticed, and it, and it stuck with me because I thought this is how testers sometimes do. You, you, brain games will, if you're not familiar, brain games will play games with your brain, of course. And they'll say, watch this closely and you'll pay very close attention. And then they'll say, did you notice there was a gorilla in the background? Did you notice there was, you know, this up in the corner? And, and you don't because you're, you're so focused and they call it inattentive blindness that you're so focused that you don't realize that you're not catching some things around you. And, and it got me thinking it would be a really cool, course to teach and i started doing that as a workshop for stp and, and they asked me to do it at tisca and it was amazing because i think people get it there you see them i love watching my audience get it and you can see their eyes and, and it's like watching kids you know finally learn what the sky is or grass is it's just like oh wow that's that's real you know i love that too that's one of the best parts of training i think yeah 
So it, it, was, it was fun. We had a lot of exercises. We had a lot of things where I would say to them, what do you see here? And everybody was so sure they had the answer. And then I show them that's not what you're looking at. That's not what you're seeing. And and I said, that's that's commonly what we do when we test the same things over and over. A lot of times the repetition will make you forget certain things. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was the one course I did as a workshop. And then my full house was on leadership, uh, leading the next generation of testers. And it was a lot of fun because it, I got to thinking about how that we just have different generations and we talk about how generations are different and they always are. But when you look at how does one generation see just the workforce in, in general versus the millennials? And I kind of focused on millennials and how to, how to, how to lead that next generation that's coming up to do testing. Cause there's a lot of new things out there, a lot of new products, a lot of new tools, a lot of new processes. And people are, people are doing things differently and more creatively. And, and, and I really wanted to speak to the folks on being a better leader leading those guys and being able to handle that if you're a leader among those testers. That's cool. Those are both really interesting topics. Um, you know, I think the newest generation always gets the, uh, the brunt end of it. Don't you? Yes. I, I think the Xers got it when I was going along, the millennials are getting it now. Um, I mean like a, an unfair reputation for being not what the other generation was. Yeah. Because they're new and they do things differently and that's just the way it works with every new generation. I'm sure the baby boomers had it the same way and the silent generation before them and, the, and whoever else. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know a lot of, I guess we call them millennials and they're 10 to 15 years younger than me. And it is staggering how different they are from, you know, from our generation, but that's not always a bad thing. I'm always surprised by like their willingness to, uh, check out new things simply because they're new, uh, which I don't know about you, but I feel like at this point it's like, man, do we really need another JavaScript framework? <laughs> right, right. Kids, get off my schema. <laughs> get off my porch. <laughs> well, Mike, have you seen that in your career? You, you've, uh, as we talked about, you've been in this 23 years, so a few years farther along than James and I. Yes, absolutely. I, th I think the thing that really stands out the most to me is you talk about folks – the millennials, they say, kids, you know, nobody's paying attention. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody's texting, tweeting, Facebooking, um, Snapchat, er you know, Instagram. Everything's going on at once. And my son's the same way. He's 13 and he's on every social network and doing everything that's possible at one time. And what you say is these folks don't focus, you know, like we did in the old days when we just to sit and read a book. And. I actually think that, and James Bach said this to me once when I was talking to him, the skill set of having somebody who does think in all scattered directions actually makes them more powerful as a tester because they're able to say, I'm looking over here now, I'm looking over there, and I'm looking over here, I'm looking over there. And I, and I really wanted to speak to that in my, in my course because I wanted folks to understand you can use this to our advantage. It's not like you guys were saying um, – and, and like everyone says, the next generation just don't listen. They don't, you know, and every, every generation we've always got worse, right? And, <laughs> and so I think we can, we can really target, uh, especially the millennials, to help us. And also to, you know, I, my dad doesn't use Facebook. He doesn't use Twitter. My mom does use Facebook. But, you know, the older generations don't use that and they're not as familiar. And, and the, the advantage you can have from having millennials and and Gen X's that really use these social media um, uh, products and 
can really help you in the testing organization to say, I'm going to look out for this. And, you know, I love breaking things. I've been told that we don't break anything as testers. The, it's given to us broken, but I still, I still <laughs> like to feel that I find things broken. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I hear you. So how did you get into that? I know that right now you're in a, a, a regional retail uh, company and you're a director of tests there. Um, how did you get into testing to begin with and, and how has your career changed? So that's, a, that's a great question, and I always love answering that. Uh, when I was six, and when I was in sixth grade, I, I, I took a computer science course on, on an Apple IIe computer. If anybody listening remembers that, and I got certified, and I went home and I said to my mom, "I'm going to be a computer programmer, and I'm going to do it for the rest of my life." And only the first part of that was right. Um, <laughs> and and I got into it, took took uh, computer science courses, got a degree, started working. Uh, at Lowe's Home Improvement as a developer, went through um, their company and and really loved development. I said, this is what I'm going to do forever. Then I got into leadership and I'm like, wow, this is really what I want to do. I want to be a leader of developers. I like sharing my knowledge. And then one day we had some extra funds in the training budget and my director said to me, uh, what would you like to do? And I had, I had a, a course sitting there on my desk that came in the mail that said, come take this course. It's on software testing. And I said, I think that's something we need because at the time they didn't have a testing organization. And it was around probably 2005. And I said, I think we should do that. So I said, let me go to the course. It was in Tampa, Florida. Who could resist that? Yeah. Went down there, spent a week down there. And, and as I'm sitting there, I'm realizing I'm out of place because everybody there was test managers and I was a development manager. And if you've been around testers, you know, there's there's some conflict there, and and it's like you know the north against the south, and and I sit there, and they and they finally said, "What do you do?" And I said, "I'm a development manager," <laughs> very quietly, and and but I learned a lot, and I learned how they perceive the development team, and I also learned I had a passion for testing that was just inside me, and I'm like, I was wrong in sixth grade. I, I want to be a tester because I love finding and examining the product, and and I came back. We didn't have a testing organization, as I mentioned, and I built out testing documentation, testing approaches. We, we kind of had a testing group when we didn't have a testing group within my team. And then around 2008, Lowe's said, we want to have a testing group. And I raised my hand and said, I want to leave the development team and start this inaugural group. We put that together. And I got a lot of experience from 2008 to 14, really just <clears throat> working in every department. I, I did functional testing and then I... And then I worked in environment building and, and data management and software configurations, some things that are kind of outside of QA, but they're, they're still kind of related very closely. Uh, got into performance testing, automation, uh, service virtualization, and I just kind of I felt blessed to be able to go across all of those areas and, and just kind of get my experience. A lot of testers will say, well, I'm, I've been doing you know, hands-on testing for years, or I've been doing performance or automation and I, and I really got an opportunity to be part of all of those and see it from every angle and moved from there to AIG for a year. Uh, really saw that I wanted to be in retail and and, and moved back to Belk in, in Charlotte, North Carolina and started working there. So it's, um, it's, it's where, where I really love right now is what I'm doing with the company now and testing and, and being able to coach other managers and help them uh, to grow our organization. Yeah. And Belk seems like a terrific company. From yes. Everything I can tell. I mean, I, I shop there, and uh, it is regional. So if you're out of this, if you're out of the 
research. If you're out of North Carolina, South Carolina, kind of southeast, you probably haven't heard of it before, but it's a department store in a lot of malls here, and um, they do a good job. I, I was I wanted to, to ask you about your the book because the title is kind of it's intriguing. Uh, so, <laughs> can you tell us like why this book? Why now? So around 2002, it was one of the many things I was doing and my life was changing. I, I, I said I need to start keeping a journal. Whatever I, I got into reading leadership books and one of one of whoever I read at that time and I just read so many I couldn't even they blurred. But someone said, keep a journal, keep notes. Someday they may come in handy. And I started keeping a journal, keeping notes on you know what I learned, what I liked, what I didn't like, managers I liked and managers I didn't like, what traits I liked and didn't like. And just some things along the way. And every time something would come to me, this was kind of, even though we had PDAs and people might not know what PDA is, but <laughs> um, handhelds and smartphones and all of that, you know, you can't just quickly write it on the phone. So I carried this journal with me everywhere, took notes for years. Um, last year, uh, toward the middle of the year, I said, it's, it's time to put all this together. And I started putting together a, a leadership book and I wanted to have every chapter be a, a short story so that and I, and I got that from a guy named Jeffrey Fox, who wrote a book called the, How to Become CEO. And amazing guy, amazing writer. And his book was 20, 20, 30 chapters, but every chapter was a different story. So you can just pick it up, read chapter 10 or chapter 5 or chapter 12. And I wanted to do the same. And so I've got, I've got 20, 30 chapters already put together, wrapping that up and getting it ready for publication. But every chapter, I wanted to have something kind of catchy. Uh, one of my chapters is going to be called Rudolph was not a brown noser. Um, <laughs> and, and I was sitting in, 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 in a restaurant or sitting in line in a restaurant and I'm thinking this drive through is so slow. And I'm thinking if nobody was here, obviously this is the fastest route, but I can almost always park my car, go in, get the food, come out and wave at the guys in line and leave. And I thought this is a great story for a leadership, um, chapter and then I thought no I think this is a great story for my book and 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 the title for it because I I think a lot of times in testing we say this is the way everybody does it and I'm going to do it the way everybody does it and because that's the way it's supposed to be done and 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 I know my book isn't about testing but it's about leadership and I'm actually doing a keynote at STP with the same title because I think it relates to a lot of things I want to say you know you there there are sometimes some things you can do to change your your uh, your direction and and still get things done more efficiently even though it's not the the chosen path that's cool so this will be focused mainly on leadership is that right yes yes absolutely well i'm looking forward to it so when is that due out um it'll be out probably toward the end of the of the year i'm looking at uh probably having everything ready for publication at the end of september excellent well, I look forward to seeing that, and I also look forward to seeing your um, your keynote at STP. Yes, I'm I'm excited about that, and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit about where I'm going with that. Is I'm I'm getting a lot of industry input from a lot of the big names in testing, um, and and big names, little names. I don't think there's any real little names, but there's um, a lot of people. I've, I've got to meet so many people, and forty, fifty people. I've sent this out to. Uh, that I've asked them questions, you know, just a couple of questions. And I want to look at what are the similarities between uh, what you're doing and what everybody else is doing and what are the differences and be able to share in my keynote, you know, uh, the one thing I want to p- 
pull out of that message uh, that I'm sharing with the group there is you're not alone. And if you think your organization's having some problem that you're having to face that nobody else is having, you're probably not alone. There's probably 30 other organizations that are having the exact same thing. And here's how we can solve it together. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really wanted to start a business because of a consulting business because of is that, um, I like seeing the same problem evolve and emerge in different areas and in different environments and then figuring out if the same solutions will work everywhere or if they have to be slightly different, um, and kind of finding abstractions out of that. But yeah, I hear you. That's cool. So how's the feedback been then? It's, it's been amazing. I, I think it's so funny because I start seeing feedback from the different folks that are, that are in testing. And I realize that I'm going to, I'm going to learn more from this than I could ever teach them. And, and seeing, you know, I've got, I've got like 20 or 30 responses so far right now. And I'm, and I'm seeing some trends, you know, people are saying, this is the problem we face every day. This is the problem that we face. And I like that because that's going to help, you know, build my agenda on what I'm speaking about. But I'm, I'm learning some new things when people are writing me and saying, this is a problem I had. And I thought, I'll bet you everybody has it, but nobody's thought about that. And, and it, and it really has, it's added multiple bullets to my, to my agenda and what I'm doing there. That's cool. So tell us a little bit about STP. Um, I know about it, but most of our listeners are either entrepreneurs or in the software development field, um, and may not know what that stands for and, and what it is. Okay. So STP is software test professionals. Uh, they've been in, they've been doing two conferences a year for as long as I've known them. And I can't, I can't even remember how many years it was, but I got involved with them back in 2011. Um, I, I did an article uh, with, with one of their folks and was published in their magazine that they were doing at the time. And what they do is they focus on kind of like some of the other testing conferences, a lot of like uh, Tiska. But they they were they were focused around having um, testers come and share their knowledge. They had workshops, they had keynotes, they just your standard uh, uh, testing conference. But what I noticed about them when I started attending their conference in 2012, and I've been I've been to every conference they've had since I started in September 2012 in Miami. They have a special crowd of folks that I don't see everywhere. And it's very interesting because I think um, the closest I've seen to that was Tiska. Tiska had a lot of people that were hungry. And I like that hunger in, in a group. I've spoken at conferences where you don't see that hunger. People are just there saying, hey, I came here because it's a beautiful place. I'm going to the beach next week and or I'm going to this place. You know, And I think what I see with STPCon attendees it's what I saw with Tiska. I was I was I was just over blown over by the Tiska folks, by the way. But I, I see this with the STPCon folks, and that is when they come there, they're hanging on every word. They want to know what you're going to share with them, and they want they want to leave there with something. And we have a, a great group of of new of of speakers that have been there, kind of veterans that have been speaking for some time. But we also have some really strong new speakers that are coming up, and, and we work with an organization called Speakeasy that looks to build in diversity and have uh, more folks and, and, and more diverse speakers because what you'll find is the common speaker is going to be a, a guy, a white guy. 
And uh, what we wanted to do is, is reach out to the female speakers and, and to other countries and say, let's, let's bring in more people from, and you know, have a more diverse group of folks speaking. And the last thing I'll tell you there is, is what I see with STPCon is uh, you, you have a lot of conferences that'll say, I'm only technical. We're going to do all automation, virtualization, performance. And then another conference will say, we're going to focus on processes, methodologies, or another one may say, we're going to focus on leadership. And, We've kind of blended all those together. Uh, we've, we always have one room that's only for automation for the whole week and workshops and sessions. We have one that's for performance and one for leadership. And it's just growing. And I've, and I've, and I've been part of it. About two years ago, um, I got an opportunity to become their director of strategy. And I've been helping them build the program, make selections on the submissions that are out there, uh, bring in the people kind of. And, and I do their hosting um, for their general sessions. And it's just really exciting to, to meet so many people. And, and I think STPCon is really kind of blending that in. It's, it's, it's uncommon and not because I'm part of that. I've been to many other conferences. It's just to me, it's, 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 a, it's a league of its own in how they do their, uh, their uh, program and, and how we're reaching out to brand new areas and building it out. Well, that's awesome. I, I can't wait because this will be the first one that I've been to. So we sponsored the spring one. My company, Beaufort Fairmont, sponsored the spring one. And that was, uh, was, was very successful for us. It sounded like it was successful for you guys out in San Francisco. Yes. Um, this one's in Dallas. It'll be my first time. I'm, uh, you guys have kindly offered me the opportunity to speak a couple times. One is a workshop at the beginning of the conference and one is a track talk a little bit later on. Um, and uh, I, I think it's going to be great. You've got some really good speakers there. I know that Richard Bradshaw is flying across the pond. The pond. Yes. Um, and I can't wait to meet him. I've already reached out to him on Twitter to say, hey, I'd, I'd really like to, to say hi. <laughs> um, and uh, I know that Smita, um, I can't remember her last name. Mishra? Yes. Yep. She's yep. going to be there. And I've reached out to her, hoping to get the chance to meet her while I'm there. Um, yes. But it, it looks like it's going to be great fun in Dallas. It, it, I'm, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a keynote speaker. I'm going to be one of the keynote speakers, as I mentioned. One of the things we did last time was um, we did a keynote panel with Smita and Dave Hefner, an automation guy I'm sure you know, and a guy named Damien Sinadinos, um, very strong guy in leadership metrics and, and context-driven testing. And we got the three of them on stage and did a panel called uh, Testing Revolution with the R in parentheses. So it's Testing Evolution and Revolution. And the three of them it was just a great thing. It was an idea I had to have the three of them do a keynote together as a panel. And we're doing it again this year with Paul Grizzafi, who's an automation guy, Mary Thorne, who is at Artisca, and a, a lady named Melissa Tande, who's kind of a mobile automation, I mean, mobile leadership and, and, and many other roles that she has as head of QA. And so I'm actually interviewing them tonight for our STP show uh, at 10 o'clock because I wanted to, uh, we want to share with you group, you know, the audiences and get people interested in coming to, to hear them speak as well. Make sure to tell them hi. Mary was actually on one of our early episodes uh, late last oh, awesome. year. And we talked about her book, The Three Pillars of Agile Testing. She, I guess she was a, a, a minor co-writer along with Bob Galen, who seems yes. to be the majority of the work there. And Bob will be out there as well. Um, yes. Yeah, that'll be terrific. They're, they're both terrific people. And, uh, and I, I can't wait to see Mary's involvement on that panel. Yes. 
if it's going to be in Dallas Hall, and if you don't come back with a big old belt buckle, I'm going to be very disappointed. It's something with some turquoise um, in there, right? Yeah. Just as, just as long as we don't bring that, that cowboy stuff. I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm, I'm strongly against that. It's okay if I have Spurs stuff, though, like the actual Spurs right. in my boots, right? Spurs in my boots. Yes, to, absolutely. Like, yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, there's a lot to do in Dallas. I've been looking at that lately. Um, I can't wait to get out there. The, the Rangers are actually playing that week um, in town. So I, I was thinking that that might be fun. But um, anyway, th- there will be enough to do at the conference. But the nightlife, there, there are things there to do as well. So yes, it should be fun. Um, well, listen, do you have any advice to give to developers or testers out there? I, I know, you know, I you mentioned a little bit about how oftentimes there's some friction or some rivalry, friendly, mm-hmm. friendly competition or coopetition between developers and, and testers. And frankly, you know, my perspective is we're all on the same team. We're all trying to develop something for the business here and to make it the best that it can be. But not everybody looks at it that way. Is there anything specific to that uh, that you'd like to share or advice that you'd like to give to testers and devs in general? Absolutely. And and I love the setup there because it's exactly what I would like to talk about there is I think that in years past, you know, when you're coming up, just like I mentioned, when I went and took the course, it was north against the south. It's the developers versus the testers. And when in a waterfall world and in the old the old west, that's the way things worked. You were a developer and you handed it over to testing and you were done with it. And then you waited. And then if they had a problem with it, then the two of you debated on whether that was a problem or not. And I was there. I've done that. But on the testing side, then you're on the other side saying, you know, guys, I just want to get a great product out the door. And they're saying, I just want to get it out the door. I don't care if it's great or not. I just want to move it. And not all developers do that, but I was one. And I think the thing that I think the thing that organizations have to look at right now to be successful is, to your point, you cannot work in silos anymore, especially in an agile environment. You're going to have to have developers looking at what testers are doing and testers being part of that development process. And everybody's kind of hand in hand. It's a marriage now instead of a, you know, a, a assembly line. And I think if, if you can't do that and I see organizations struggling right now because they're saying, well, I don't even need testers. I'm just and my developers can take care of that. And that's a little extreme. I think you definitely want to have testers that can really, really work with your uh, developers and you need people who communicate and that's tough in a technical field because sometimes we get so technical we're like i don't want to talk to you i just want to do my job i want to i want to code and i'll be done and i'll go home and then i want to test and i want to be done and go home and i think if you don't have folks working together and saying that 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 collaboration and that communication is so critical to having a successful uh, organization anymore I agree. I agree. It's such a fun time to be in software development right now with everything going on with uh, multiple deployments in a day and continuous delivery and, and all these things going on, the, the cloud working for us and it getting easier and easier to deploy uh, both good and bad code. Um, it's just a great time to be a software I developer. I thought you were against bad code. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> what I, I am definitely against bad code. Uh, and um, I also say that I think that from a tester standpoint, uh, testers that are listening to this, I think I think we need to stop worrying about people saying, "Well, it, anybody can be a tester." I mean, that's that's going to be an age-old comment. But I think I think we need to show that 
that tester skill set is going to get stronger, more technical. You need to be thinking about how this stuff works, how the code works, how the developers are building their product. And to your point with continuous integration and building that in into a repeatable process, I think folks are going to be forced to learn more of the technical side and not just be, hey, I'm a functional tester and I'm going to just know how the functionality works. I think you have to be able to talk their speak and be able to work together. I agree. I, I just listening to you talk about like needing to ramp up in terms of technical proficiency. I mean, it really reminds me of something I heard years and years ago, probably during the Microsoft time. Microsoft kind of took seriously, you know, getting their test organizations to be really good at uh, specific test uh, techniques, like uh, um, boundary analysis for problem sets. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just blanked out what I was going to say. What was I going to say about getting deeper into the technical part? Testers getting deeper into testing, Um, being better schooled in testing. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, hopefully it's not the case anymore, but Oh, this is what it, it always excited me. The concept that a test organization just wasn't going to take the code that was developed by say a test team or a development team and put their stamp of approval. Like, yes, it passed the test or not. But the feedback cycle would actually feed back into the, de- the developers by pointing out to them, we, here are some things that you could do to improve the quality of your code before we even get to it. That is that the, the, the testers should be more focused on software quality to a point where they can educate developers on, uh, on you know, basically how to write better code. Yes. And I, I had never seen that ever work before, but it seemed like with the way that you know like you said you want to get teams that are they have to be technically proficient in how code is constructed to understand how to better test it because if you have lots of experience with building code you can look at a project that's under development and say i'm already seeing some red flags yes you know and i think like like i think it's uncle bob martin he had an essay where he talked about how really what a lot of organizations need is not so much officers they need sergeant majors they need seasoned developers who are not necessarily there because they want to lead an organization or be the boss, but because they have so much experience. They can they can tell the youngsters, I've seen this before, and here's here's what you need to look out for, and here are the trade-offs, and they can be that guiding hand. And I just think, it seems to me that it seems like that's a natural role for a, a really good test organization to be able to come back to the developers and say, here are the things that we see that might, you know, that could help you improve the quality. And like you said, we can get this thing up the door faster, to, you know, and a better uh, for the business. I love that, and I agree completely. I think you know, Apple doesn't do many things that are so drastically different than everybody. They just think differently, and I think the thing that uh, I'm asking my testing organizations to do recently is we get hung up on this. Here's my process. I can't start working until I have a requirements document. I can't start testing until you've completed your testing and the unit testing and I see your results and you have to fill out these forms. I feel like I'm at the DMV <laughs> and I'm saying to my teams, why? And and if somebody asked me that six, eight years ago, I would have said the same thing. Why are you asking me that? This is how we do it. And I'm like, but why? Why are we... Why are we forced to wait until we get the detailed requirements all signed off and approved? Why can't we start looking at the product earlier and being part of that development team's process? Why can't we go ahead and start helping the development team do their unit testing and be part of that and stand beside them 
It, it might mean we find more defects along the way, but it also means we might have a better product at the end. So I'm challenging my guys to think differently. What's stopping you? And I always ask them, why do you do that? Well, that's the way we've always done it. And I said, we need to change that thinking and not think about the way we've always done it and start thinking about what's the way to make it better. Gotcha. Well, you know, we're coming up on time here. Mike, this has been terrific. I've enjoyed talking to you. STP, help me again. I, I think I've got this right. It will be September the 19th through September the 22nd in Dallas, Texas. Yes. Dates right there? Yes, absolutely. And, and you know what? I, I think there's probably still a little bit of time left for people to get registered. Absolutely. We, we have a lot of folks who just come in at the timing this time of year. Folks start signing up. We've already got a ton of folks coming already. It's it's it's, it's one of our highest signups at uh, this point in time, and we've got a month and a half. We're looking forward to having a ton of people there. We know Dallas is a great market, and hope we have everyone from across the country come and attend it. And, and if you've not been there, I suggest you give it a try. You get to hear me talk a lot, and <laughs> and and Paul, that's fun. I'm enjoying it. It. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, and my hosting is more fun because it's less <laughs> less less planned and less scripted. So it's a yeah. lot of fun. And you know, I think I got my plane ticket out to DFW, which is an easy to get to airport from almost anywhere. I think my ticket was maybe three hundred bucks from from here in the Triangle. Absolutely, so people can send entire teams out there for this and I, I hope a lot of companies from the triangle do it i hope a lot of companies from all over do it and continue to do it it's going to be a great time i can't wait thank you so much guys i mean either thanks well you know it's been nice having you i really appreciate you joining us is there any thought you want to leave us with here no i think the the, the one thing well yes i, I would say I read a book by Simon Sinek called Start With Wine. It's not a brand new book. It's been out since 2009. But I think the one thing our organizations need to do is is, is figure stop, – stop talking about what you do and how you do it. Start thinking about why do you do it. And if your organization can have a concept of this is why we're doing what we're doing, that's what Apple does, that's what Oreo did when they made a cookie better than anybody else, I think it makes you a better organization. So ask yourself in your testing and your development organizations, why are we doing this? and not how and what. And that's what I leave them with. I like that. Start with why. Yep. So James, the end of another episode. And the start of a second year. And the start of the second <laughs> year, absolutely. Let's do 26 more of these this year. Yep. On the 1st and 15th of every month, if I can get them out then and edit it. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Mike, thanks for, thanks for being here. I'll see you in thank Dallas you. In, in a few weeks here. And uh, please join us again. Make sure to review us on iTunes and on Google Play. You can find us on those. We're also on uh, reflectionasaservice.com. Reach us through our Twitter hand handles. James is J.D. Jeffers. I am D. Paul Merrill. Find the show Reflection AAS on Twitter. You can get to us through an email address, raas at beaufortfairmont.com. Once again, we're sponsored by my company, Beaufort Fairmont, which does automated testing. We're here to rid the world of bad code. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a great couple weeks.